just gone live. Gonna see if anyone uh, shows up. Oh, we got one person. Let's see. I gotta figure out how I can uh, pay more attention to who shows up. Um, but yeah, two people. Oop, I don't want that. Sorry, guys. All right. So I'm going to start off like I did last week while people are chiming in. Thank you for being here. It really means a lot to me. Very affirming. Um, I'm going to bless my space a little bit. I feel like that actually might have helped last week. Um, I didn't... Uh, I didn't feel as nervous this week. I actually felt really pretty comfortable going into this, so that's a good thing, right? Um, gonna use a little sage here, bless this space, and uh, a little Palo Santo. You know, this does make me feel better, clearing out all the the fear, the nerves, because those did show up about three minutes ago, and. Uh, make space for for the, uh, the light to shine, right? Courage, all that fun stuff. So we'll do that. Again, part of my weird, it's just something I do. And um, some people believe in it, some people don't. Um, but thank you, I got three people, that's awesome. Um, hi, Sean. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your support. Um, it really does mean a lot to me. I am gonna start off by saying that um, uh, if, for, for my people, um, the couple things, cause I'm recording this right for, for my um, audio version of this. And I'm gonna try to do a better job this time of actually reading when I'm talking to people reading your comments because I interacted a lot with you guys last time um, and um, interacted a lot with you last time and I wasn't always that good about reading it for the people who are listening in so for those people who will be just listening in I am I'm gonna try to do a better job of that so you'll know what the heck I'm talking about and what I'm saying so I see Sean's here, um, can't really tell who else is, but I see one other person, probably tentatively, because right, they're like, what the heck's going on here? Um, if you haven't, those of you who are listening in for the first time, if you haven't listened to the first episode, um, I really encourage you to do that if, if you think this is something you wanna continue listening to, because it was um, uh, kind of an intro to why whiskey and weird and um and the short version of that is is that um one i'm learning about whiskey i'm not a connoisseur so let me reiterate this i'm not a connoisseur of whiskey i'm learning about it um and i want to invite people into that i know there are a lot of people who do drink whiskey and some people who who really know whiskey i also know there might be others who would like to learn more about whiskey so i'm just going to have a little fun with that i feel like whiskey drinking and weird kind of go hand in hand i don't know why whenever i think of the coolest weird people that i know i imagine sitting around till all hours of the night and uh drinking whiskey with them and talking about really weird stuff so that's why i came to that and in terms of the weird yes there will be things that you know, the average person generalizes as weird. You know, Bigfoot, ghosts, 
whatever I tend to be into that stuff myself. Hey, Tracy, thanks for showing up. I really appreciate it. Um, but really <laughs> it's much deeper than that. Like for me, um, and I think there's a lot of people like me, which is why I'm trying to show up here. The way I think about things is weird, right? The way the things I actually think about are weird. And um, I want to invite people to a space where they can show up with their weird, whatever that is, because everybody's weird. One of my favorite lines from my most favorite movie, I don't know if I said this last week, is Stand By Me. And you know, Gordy Lachance and, and um, Chris Chambers are sitting at night when they're out camping. And, um, and Gordy says, do you think I'm weird? And Chris, Chris says, yeah, but so what? Everybody's weird. That's like my favorite ever, because it's really true. Um, so anyway, welcome, 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 welcome to episode two of Whiskey and Weird. Uh, tonight, uh, we're going to be talking about the human condition, which, you know, on the surface, people might be like, that's not really weird. But the way I think about it, I think is weird because I think about it a lot. I think that the human condition lends itself to our weird, our unique weirdness. Um, and I also think it's really interesting how that that notion is defined very differently. Like it's not even, we can't even agree on what that means. And so I think that's, that's kind of um, an interesting, interesting thing. So if you're here and you're listening, say hi, you guys. So I know, know who's here. I'm happy to see Sean and Tracy back. Um, and if you're popping in listening later or um, watching later, thank you so much for doing that. I really, really appreciate it. Um, whiskey tonight. So my good friend, Angelique, she was here last week. Um, she had a a bottle of Tennessee whiskey, Jack Daniels, single barrel select. And she was kind enough to pour me a little bit of this experience. So I'm really excited. It might be the only single barrel experience I ever have. So thank you, Angelique. I really appreciate that. I'm gonna pour it in here so I can enjoy little sips. I did already have a little other whiskey. That might be why I wasn't so nervous coming into this. Um, just my regular, I had some Glenlivet tonight. Um, I also drank quite a bit of that last night. You know, last night, what was going on? We won't, we won't bring that in, even though that's its own version of weird. Um, but anyway, thanks for, for showing up um, and being here. So I have my whiskey. And um, I'm wondering, what's everybody drinking tonight? Anybody else drinking stuff tonight? Anybody? Anybody? Let me know what you're drinking. Uh, I'm going to wait a second, see if anyone posts about that. Sweet love, Jack Daniels single. Nice. Wow. That sounds pretty awesome. Single barrel. Like, so, you know, you might have seen I posted earlier. I was pretty sure I knew what single barrel meant, but... I wasn't really sure what the difference between single barrel and um, small batch was. And so single barrel, obviously, one single means it's, it all, all of it comes from one single barrel. It's, it's kind of hand selected for that particular experience. And, you know, whatever bottles come from that barrel, that's it. Um, a small batch can be anywhere, I think, from like 10 to 50 barrels. I'm going to learn a little more about what that process actually looks like. So definitely a little bit um, different, uh, but I think the single barrel experience is kind of a kind of a cool um, thing. So anyway, I am I am glad to have that, Angelique. Thank you for sharing it. I'm really excited. 
Um, and I'm really happy. Again, welcome to episode two of Whiskey and Weird. Um, human condition. So why did I choose to talk about this? Um, like I said a little while ago, I think that the human condition is really at the heart of all of our weirdness, right? Um, it's uh, So human condition, let's look up the definition here, right? Um, human condition as defined in Wikipedia, which is, you know, uh, put together by lots of people, right? Um, but the, the, the dictionary web or, uh, de definition was a little boring. So we didn't, we didn't go with that. So the, the definition of the human condition, I think I shared this on my page too, is, uh, it's all of the characteristics and key events that compose the essentials of human existence, including birth, growth, emotion, aspiration, conflict, and mortality. It's a really broad topic. Um, what it looks like and, and the purpose of it really differs uh, in different philosophical beliefs, in different religious beliefs, um, and why we have the human con condition, right? I think Buddhism, suffering is a huge part of the human condition. Um, and, um, you know, I think some people in here it kind of talks about the difference. It says it's not to be confused with human nature, but some people kind of say, um, they are one and the same. So I don't, I don't know. I think that's one of the weird things about something like this is there, it, on one hand, you think, oh, human condition, I know what this is. But on the other hand, there's uh, like a hundred different ideas about what that means. And so human condition has been really fascinating to me for a long time. I, I and, and not so much in the same way it has. I mean, it's really grown and changed for me. Um, uh, you know, and developed, I will say, my interest. Um, as many of you know, I'm a teacher. I teach preschool, like little little kids. And um, and hello to anyone who has joined us. If you want to say hello, so I know you're here, I'd love that. Um, but, so I've always been fascinated by human behavior because um, I think when we're young, we really show up very similarly pretty similarly and um you know there's certain things about about people when we're little that um you know before before we're jaded before we've been sludged by our parents and our you know church and our teachers and our all of that stuff there's these you know really core things about our being um last week i think it was angelique asked about curiosity if i thought that curiosity was kind of a core part of of weirdness and absolutely right like those of us who tend to be into what you know people would standardly consider um weird are are usually naturally really naturally curious well the thing about that is everyone is born naturally curious in all the years i've taught and it's going on 30 now i can tell you that little kids are still very naturally curious and you give them the time and the space and the safe environment the comfort and the love they will they'll go to town learning on their own and figuring things out and asking questions and i've learned so much about human and the human condition i think that's what we call it i don't know from them so it's it's a really um 
I think it's, it's really fascinating. And I think what's fascinating mostly to me is what, what happens along the way. Um, I will tell you that I have this weird situation kind of as a, um, as a, as an empath. And especially as I've developed that, where I see how quickly I can, I say, I feel how quickly kids kind of take on their parents shit. Um, and the stuff around them. And they literally, when they walk in my classroom, and this has been really significant the last couple of years when I've taught. Um, and I think partly because I've been really working on that piece of myself. But when they show up to my classroom, I can feel that. I can I can see where that, and I call it sludge, because that's kind of how it shows up for me, if that makes sense. Um, and I just, I kind of, I was thinking about this earlier. I kind of wanted to have like a detox station, like a sensitivity, empathic kind of detox station, right? For, um, for, for kids as they walk in to be able to leave that stuff and just come in as authentic as they were. Okay. So I, I think that, you know, we're born right we're born into this we have there's a condition um but i think it starts to like shift the moment we're born so it talked about you know the birth as a part of our human condition we're born into this so i think i'll get let me go back to that i think the interesting thing about the fact that we have designated hum, humanness our humanness as a condition you know, kind of makes the the mind wonder, okay, well then what's our, what's our real essence, right? And of course we can go on and on about that. I mean, different religions have different ideas, but clearly we are beings of some other aspect who are here and we are experiencing the human condition, right? I don't think anyone would really argue with that. So it starts off when we're born, right? We're born and we're all born but we're all born, we might have a traumatic birth, we might be born um, naturally, we might be born with a lot of drugs, we might be born, um, you know, cesarean section, we might be born in the middle of the woods somewhere or in a hospital. So right away, we are being conditioned, right? We're, our, our, whatever our human experience starts right there. Um, and so we're born, and then we're born into whatever family we have. We're born into our birth order. We're born into um, single single parents, you know, uh, same-sex parents, anything, whatever, right? So, so we have these things that already begin to build up and affect. So these these are the things that can that create human condition, and it's why um, it's why it's so different for every single person. So. I like, I actually think of it more as, um, like, I think human conditioning, I don't know, I'm, I'm still trying to figure this out, but I don't think there is just any one human condition, because when we say that, it suggests that our experience will all be the same. Um, I'm curious if anyone ever thinks about this stuff besides me, um, and just chime in with your questions or your thoughts about what, what that is. Um, Otherwise, I'll just keep talking because my mind is just kind of going all over the place. So please, please chime in if um, if it makes sense to you. So 
Or you can say, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, Lord. <laughs> you're just weird. Um, but anyway, so human condition. I was thinking about this the last few days, and I think in some ways, all these things that build up on us are kind of like, um, like, uh, like any condition that we get. Like when you think of the word condition, like she has a condition, right? Um, that that's kind of what happens because the same way how we eat, um, what we drink, do we exercise, all these different things that we experience uniquely to our being that may or may not create illness in our bodies, right? So all of these things add up to whatever condition that is. And that, again, it's unique to us. It might be similar to what someone else is experiencing, but not all the time. Um, and, you know, why do all these people get cancer and why don't these people get cancer? You know, so um, why do some people have a better job dealing with their emotions, right? So all of this, I don't, I think it's all really interconnected. And I think that those things, you know, our human condition and, you know, the um, turmoil and the stress and the illness and the things that we experience throughout our lives are also part of that, right? That's our, whatever we experience creates that, but it's really, really different for each one of us. Um, and I think therein lies the, the why. So for me, I started thinking about these kids that I'm watching that in my classrooms that I've watched for years and, you know, how, how many of them come in and really have that sense of curiosity, that sense of wonder. But then every once in a while you have somebody who comes in and doesn't, who does it a little differently, right? And why is that? Like my mind went to why. I experience a lot of teachers who, who don't, don't give a child the benefit of the doubt and, uh, and, and don't question that. But I always felt like I owed it to my students to consider why this would, would come about. And I think for years, even before we knew of ACEs and childhood trauma and what that was, that was something that I was really mindful of. What kind of home does this child come from? What did they have for breakfast? How well did they sleep last night? You know, all of these things contribute to how we are experiencing the world in our humanness. Um, and, you know, why is that? Like, how, just how fascinating is that? A little story. I had, um, I had, gosh, many years ago. What's the year? 10, 12 years ago. I had, I was a director at a preschool. And I had um, a couple little girls. They were twins at my school. And super, super sweet family. Super sweet girls. Um, but one of them started showing, like, almost like, she was three. And she would react really violently in her environment sometimes. Like, she would get overwhelmed and she would throw chairs. And she would push her friends. And, um, you know, unfortunately... The first reaction from teachers is, is, you know, this child is not safe, which is right. Chairs being thrown, kids being pushed, not safe. Um, and we have to make sure that's not happening. But I also wanted to figure out why. Why is this happening for this child? And when does it happen? And, um, you know, I was able to work with the parents, which was really hard for them 
to get some support for this child because I started noticing that there were certain triggers to her behavior and they were environmental triggers like being on the playground we were in downtown Seattle and there's a busy street and it was loud and she would plug her ears for noises that most of the people around her wouldn't even notice and that was intriguing to me um so long story short she ended up seeing um someone to get a little help with this and I mean this was this was years ago I mean this was really before the notion of highly sensitive and all of this came about or even before autism and that you know Asperger's all of these different things were really things we were talking about and noticing and accepting as something really prevalent in our society and and in our human condition and I was I wanted to learn I wanted to know why how can I help this child and the only way I can do that is by understanding why she's experiencing what she's experiencing and so I talked to this parent um, and and got permission to talk to the psychologist and and she said to me um, she said so do you have any phobias and I said yeah I have I'm, I have a fear of heights so I don't know if anyone else chime in if you have a fear of um, of anything phobias like a real phobia that kind of creates physiological responses in your system so so heights is definitely one for me like even talking about it my palms are sweating um and my heart will start racing um if I'm driving over a bridge I have to be really intentional about where I'm looking um and anyway she said well think about how you feel when you're alerted like that's that whole fight or flight right that um that whole primal response that we have to things that make us feel worried or scared or fearful, like the mammoth or the tiger, right? Um, she said, Ki these kids that we're seeing, like this little girl, are in that state most of the time. Like most of the time, she said she's in that state, like everything around her environmentals are so acute. These, these experiences, these sounds, these reactions, like even emotional reactions are so acute and so uncomfortable that she lives in that state a lot of the time. Um, I started crying, like literally started crying at the notion that anybody, let alone a three-year-old, would be in this state all the time. And so anyway, I just, I, it, it just kind of triggered. It was a catalyst for me, I think, in really wanting to learn more about our humanness and what happens why do we show up so differently um and what's the purpose of that so in the beginning it was very much about humanness you know i i didn't th that back then i wasn't really thinking about a lot of the weird stuff but it really got me thinking i think it made me a better teacher because i noticed and saw you know i i acknowledged things about about um the kiddos and about the teachers and their parents that I think a lot of people don't um it was hard in the beginning um it's about the same time my empathic ability kind of started to to come alive too and so in the beginning with that I would feel things and sense things about people that I, I didn't know what to do with so um anyway I it really was a catalyst for me and so you know I spent a lot of time in a classroom but a lot of that too, it became troubling. It, it troubled me because I, I didn't think that we knew what the hell we were doing. 
as parents, as teachers, and more and more kids started showing up this way. I like to think of it as evolution, actually. I think that our kids are generally showing up more acutely aware of a lot of things, of emotions, of, um, of experiences in the world. And unfortunately, the world is really not a welcoming, comfortable place for people who are more acutely aware. So it can be emotionally sensitive. It can be sensitive to um, textures, sounds, all of this. The world is not a very inviting place for kids like this, right? So anyway, it kind of led me on this, this, um, this, this like place that brought me to now. And what I realized is that my interest in this stemmed from my own need to, to be seen, to understand weird things about myself. Um, and to be able to, to know, understand that better and to be able to understand other people. So give examples of weird, like just weird things. And I'm going to share this, like a lot, a lot of people know this about me. Um, very few actually. And I'm really curious, you guys chime in and tell me you're weird. Okay. Let me know you're here. I know a lot of people are flitting in and out, but, um, um, I'm going to take a sip of my whiskey before I tell you this. That is really good. Really smooth, but with just a little hint of that, you know, tingle in the in the nostrils. Nice. Thanks, Angelique. So anyway, I um when I was a kid, I didn't really realize what was up. But I used to do this thing that in our family we called um we called bouncing. And I wasn't the only one in my family. Um, I won't give up anyone else in my family that did it because that's not my place, but I know I wasn't the only one. And I have met people throughout my life at this point, um, that do this too. But I used to, to come home from school, for instance, and I would get my, my headphones on with my Walkman and I'd sit in the armchair and I would put on my music and I would rock like just to the beat of the music, I'd go, I'd go. And I would do that for an hour, sometimes two, sometimes until I fell asleep. So there was that, which is a really weird thing because it wasn't until much later when I started as a teacher and I understood um, what kind of people have these weird habits. The other one, and this is really weird, this is a little more embarrassing, so don't hold this against me, is I would... Um, when I went to bed, this is how I went to sleep. I'd lay on my stomach and I would put my hands down under my pillow and I would literally like beat my head against the pillow until I fell asleep. That's how I went to sleep. Every single night of my life as a child that I can remember and I did it all the way through graduating from high school. And funny story, one time one of my sister's um, sister's boyfriends John, he was a super cool guy, very weird, but super cool. Um, kind of like, I don't know, the kind of, kind of weird that you pretend is annoying, but you're like, dude, you're, you know, like, I, I appreciate this. Um, anyway, he one time followed me up to my room and I didn't know it. 
So I get in my room. So I would I would go and lay down in my bed. That's how I would listen to music sometimes when there were people around and I couldn't do the other thing. I would go and I'd just put on my music and I'd like lay there and be, be, do this thing. And I, all, I got this sense that somebody was watching me. And I finally looked up and he's just sitting there staring at me with this big old shit-eating grin on his face. And I was mortified because this is like, this is top secret stuff. Like this isn't something that anybody knew about me until now. Now everyone will know. Very weird, very uncomfortable. Um, but you know what? He was totally cool. He, he's, he's, you know, he didn't say anything about it. He kind of giggled or whatever, but his, you know, I don't, I, I, I doubt he's told anyone to this day and it was, but it was, it was really embarrassing. Um, and weird like and and even him he was like that is weird like who who does this right so anyway like anyone else like you guys right is this weird <laughs> um anyway i uh i i didn't realize until much much later in life that um that this was stress release right this was probably due to some incredible anxiety that I was experiencing in my life whatever that was and so then I became really sad like what the hell like what you know you don't realize what you're dealing with and, until you kind of look back on it so um but that is to say that part of my human condition was this weird way of reacting to my environment now when I went away to college I stopped now I think I did it like two or three times and maybe my college roommate Dana she might know because I maybe she caught me doing it once or twice but I didn't do it a lot which I think is really significant that when I moved out of my house that I stopped that um but anyway you you know let me know do you guys think about things that are weird like about yourself that you're like what's wrong with me and I don't think there's anything wrong with any of us this is just how we we show up. This is how we show up. This is how we react to the events in our life. Um, so not only the events that we have, but how do we react? What are the things around us that create that? So part of that, again, that was another catalyst at that point earlier, you know, when you start, start thinking about all these things and I'm thinking about these young kids and why is this happening? Like, why does this child experience the world in this way? And so I became curious you know, just like Angelique had said last week, like I, I wanted to know more. And um, I became really interested in why, why we think differently about things. And I think that's where I've landed to in terms of my faith and my spirituality is because I think in a lot of homes and in religions and even in schools, we're not allowed to think differently. We're told this is what you should think. This is what you should see. This is what you should do, right? And everything else outside of that is wrong. Or in our case, it's weird. And now we're trying to say that it's not wrong. It is just different. It's still weird. And maybe someday it'll all be the same. But, um, you know, I, I, my mind just kind of opened up to this notion of, of things. And I started exploring why I experience the world the way I do, which is where and when my empathic skills, I think, started to opening up and my sensitivities and sensing energies. Um, and really, that's been about 10, 11 years that it kind of hit that that ability just really started to hit me and nurture. 
Um, and I, again, I, I think I brought it up last week. The idea of the, the being the haunted graveyard piece was, um, really significant. Um, when I felt that I could experience other energy, other people's emotions, myself, even people who were not living and were not near me. Um, and, and again, that's, that's weird when you, when you're experiencing something that's really different, you, um, you want to explain it. You want to figure out why, because otherwise you're just going crazy, right? Um, a little bit of an aside, I was watching a video yesterday with a young girl and I apologize. I can't remember her name. I'll try to look her up because I want to mention her if I can, but, um, she's a teenager and she has schizophrenia and she has a YouTube page or a Facebook. Yeah, it was a video. So I think it was like a live on Facebook and she talks about schizophrenia and kind of like, breaks it down and and explains that it's not really what people think it is and there's actually a very small percentage and I I watched this and one I was so taken by her courage like to sit there and say this out loud I was so inspired by it um and I was intrigued by the information she was sharing about this kind of stuff um and and you know of course I, I I often think about this like what when people say, you know, schizophrenia, for the most part, people who hear voices or hear things. And I've always wondered, I did have an uncle who was diagnosed with schizophrenia, but I also know he was highly sensitive. So I always wonder, like, where's that line? Like, what, what, when they say, what do you, what are the voices you hear? And she kind of explained it, which is really interesting. I'm going to share you this really quickly. And she said, like, for her first experience, hearing voices was literally her hearing her mom and her sister having a conversation about her. It was all negative. It was people talking about her that she knew that was so real to her. But when she went out, she found it wasn't happening at all, which I think is an interesting clarification because that's not kind of the same thing as people who are clairvoyant or, you know, people who get other kind of messages. It's not the same thing. So I was kind of like, phew, I don't have that happen. <laughs> so anyway, but it was really intriguing. And I, I was like, you know, why, why does that happen? Why does that happen to some people, but it doesn't happen to all of us? Like, right? Like anyone have any answers for that? Um, really, really, really weird stuff. So, um, and fascinating. And all the time there's new stuff coming up. Um, always wondering why, why does one person see it this way? And this person doesn't like, why is it that? And, and I get the whole, you know, we, we, we use these, you know, weird tools as teachers, like, okay, here's the beach ball. And if you're sitting over there, um, and you see only the red and I see only the blue on this side, this is a great example of how we see the truth from different perspectives. Well, my brain goes to, I know what a ball is, so I know it's right over there. You know, like, that's where my brain goes. And I'm like, but why? Like, I can understand that if I'm if I'm looking from over here, I see the person, you know, if the person's wearing a shirt that's red on one side and blue on one side, and I don't know this person or anything, yes, I don't know anything about the basis of that. But, but why? Why do we all have such differing perspectives on just about everything? Um, when we know, like inherently, our faith tells us, a lot of things tell us that everything's pretty much black and white, right? Like, but here's the thing I've discovered. The human condition muddies it. 
makes it all gray. And the whole, from what I think, that the whole point of life, and, and I think it takes into consideration all the religions, the suffering, and you need to redeem yourself, you know, that we're born into this of the purest essence. But from day one, we are, we are living the human condition that was designed for us specifically. And the whole point of that is to be able to come full circle, maybe sooner than later, back to that, that essence, that being that we were when we entered. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, and I think some of us start trying to get there sooner. And I think, you know, I, I feel like that I might be one of those people. I think people who are here listening might be those kind of people. Um, and that we're trying to get back to that. We're trying to figure it out. And in the meantime, we explore things like ghosts or um, Bigfoot. Like, you know, we, we, we wonder why um, we experience things the way we do, how energy affects us. Um, uh, one of my things in terms of that, you know, is, is why, why do some of us, why are some of us able to tap in? I think everybody is very sensitive. I think we all are empaths. It's just a matter of if we've opened ourselves up to that about that truth. And, um, and, but why can some of us do that? And why is it show up so differently? Um, I discovered about myself some years ago that I can feel other people's physical pain. So that's a weird fact about me. And, um, I didn't really understand, like at first I, I didn't know. Um, but the way I found out was, um, was I walk on the Susan G. Komen three day event every year. And it was really one of those events where it finally occurred to me that that's what was happening because I knock on wood. Let me find some wood here. You know, you're always supposed to knock up. Did you know that? Someone taught me that you don't just knock, but you knock up. Um, I think it's Scandinavian. I don't know. Anyway, um, I, I realized I, I was always pretty much in good, good health. And I have certain things in my body, especially now that I'm almost 50, you know, my hips are, can hurt and that kind of thing. But I know what my pain is, but I would be walking and I'd walk up to somebody and I would, I would start getting this weird pain in my thigh, for instance. <laughs> and sometimes in the beginning, I wouldn't necessarily talk to that person and find out um, I might it might be somebody who was really struggling what I realized a lot of times when it happens with somebody that was probably putting off a lot of energy because they were struggling so much they were in pain they were tired and hot and hungry maybe they had a pee I don't know but it's a pretty intense experience and the more deeply we're experiencing something the more energy and emotion we give off so people like me pick up on that a lot more but I started talking to people when I was experienced with this and started to find, oh, I don't know. I'm like, have, you know, my, my, my quad is really tight and it's really hurting or I'm having an issue with my left knee. And I started to realize, oh, well, that's what I'm experiencing. And, um, and, and it was, it was weird. It was, and I'm like, why, why, like, why does that happen? Um, and it's weird. And I'm curious if anyone else, and if anyone else experiences that at all, um, but you know, I, I, for me, it is at the heart of my weird. It's at the heart of how I think I'm meant to experience this. Um, and 
you know, I started this human condition thing came up to me, came about for me uh, right around the time that the whiskey and weird, like I told you, it was kind of plopped into my head because I'm in my car and out of nowhere, I don't really know why, because I was listening. I don't think there was anything on the radio. Sometimes I'm listening, but I had this thought about when people were were arriving in the United States. Well, we weren't the United States before we were in the United States, but arriving on the land here, passing, you know, over Ellis Island um, in the very beginning. So maybe we were the United States in the beginning of our country and before um, when people were kind of traveling through and being brought into the country. And um, I'm not a history buff. So I mean, I know the basics. So don't make fun of me if I got that all wrong. But um, if Ellis Island was existed before we were officially probably I know the French gave this the um, Statue of Liberty, right? As a gift when we became a nation. So probably it was afterwards. Um, anyway, uh, when um, people came over and I was thinking about people's names and how a person's name is really important to them. And I'm like, and just thinking about this, like, where does this shit come from? And people would come over and, and um, you know, for instance, uh, their last name was Donahue. Okay, that's my um, my Irish heritage is the Donahues, and a bajillion different spellings. Some of it was you know pronounced O'Donahue. You know some of it, and that's not even a, a a bad one because that's relatively easily easy. But all these names that completely got butchered, and people were okay with it. Like today, we're very sensitive to this, right? We think, gosh, this is my name. I want it said it correctly. And I'm that way too. I think people deserve to have their name pronounced correctly. And I don't think it's very polite to just call them by the wrong name forever because it's hard for you. I think do your best, right? Try to do that. But things were different then. Okay, so people were coming over, they were fleeing whatever they needed to flee from their own countries. Um, and, uh, and looking for something bigger and brighter and better. So they were willing to take what they could get. Like that what that was a pretty insignificant thing for them because they were on this soil that held so many promises for them. And I don't know why, but this brain of mine spent like 20 25 minutes. I think I was on my way to Trader Joe's from my house, which is actually only about 15 minute drive. But that was that's what I was thinking about. But again, I was like, why is that? Like why is that so different and what you know, how does history, how does time, the time in which we live, how does all that affect us? And at what point can we just say, this is your experience because because you lived in this time? Well, the, the hard part is that not everyone who lived during that time, I'm sure there were some people that were really pissed off that somebody misspelled their name, right? But my general gut says that no, most people were just really grateful to be here and to... Um, Put up that so I, t I share that story mostly because it's a great illustration of how my brain thinks about things and how I'm always trying to make sense of um of of, of human qualities human conditions human nature and um I just don't think I think it's just really fascinating as I said it's at the heart of of who who we are right and and um, why we're curious, why we, what makes us weird? Um, how, how does that happen? For instance, why are some of us born heterosexual, as we understand? Why are some of us born homosexual? 
does you know like why like what's I mean that's interesting it doesn't really matter but I think it's interesting to think about that fact because when we can say that it's just something that is and we can talk about it from a place of of you know kind of gratitude for who we are and the experience we get to live and um and the why I mean I think then it starts taking you down this road of of you know spiritual development as it has for me and it can tend to pull you away from um things that you have been completely accustomed to and been nurtured by your whole entire life um as I mentioned before, like I was raised Catholic, but it's that's a really hard place for me to be now. It doesn't resonate the way it I thought it did. Um, but going back to my comment about young kids showing up with their parents' shit, that sludge, I'm realizing as I kind of free myself of that, I'm realizing that those really weren't me. Those weren't my ideas. Those were things that belonged to someone else. So then that becomes another aspect of that like how we take on someone else's condition because we're so afraid or they're so afraid of letting us experiencing our let us experience our own and how much of is that is why why did I choose these parents which is you know I I tend to kind of um be fascinated by the notion that as a as my essence the soul my spirit chose these people um, and this particular environment so I could learn the lessons that I needed to learn. But then again, why would I do that? Why would I choose suffering? Why would I choose, why would people choose trauma? Why would they choose all of that? And it just gets us deeper and deeper into that. And I think that part of it for me, like getting into all the cool weird, which I think people will um, be probably a little more excited about, but all the cool weird, like the Bigfoots and the ghosts and things, um, that's part of a way of just... I don't know, for me, it kind of makes light of the weird because it gives me an opportunity to think about things outside of myself that are weird instead of always focusing in on my own and being afraid of being seen. And, you know, it's it's terrifying. Like, honestly, this stuff that I'm telling with you, telling you here is really kind of terrifying to a certain degree. But I'm going to tell you that it makes me so excited to just be able to talk about it and to know that people are going to hear it um but hopefully people who are choosing to hear it and are, who I can you know whatever they do with it I have no control over that right um but it's 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 the basis of everything and I think that all of, I, I think I really opted to talk a little bit about this human condition piece right now because I hope people will think about what does that mean for you what shaped you to become the person that you are today. Um, why do you believe the things that you believe? What do you believe? What weird habits have you had that you don't show other people? What belief systems do you have that you've, that you've pretended you don't? Because we all do a lot of that because we don't, feel, we don't feel invited or welcome or trusted. Um, so I, you know, I hope it gets you thinking about that. So as we move down and we're talking about all the other fun stuff too, that we might be open to what that, what that could mean or what it looks like or why, why does, you know, do people, I think I mentioned in the episode last week, like I don't understand why someone who, who, who believes 100% in ghosts is so sure that they exist, doesn't think that a Bigfoot 
is at all possible. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. But it's got to make sense to someone. And so I really hope people will engage in this conversation with me about why. Why don't why is it so easy to believe this one thing, but it, you can't believe this and you definitely discount or discredit people who believe it? That, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, I have never seen Bigfoot. I've never seen goblins. I've never seen, you know, anything. But I have had lots of experiences... Um, that have led me to really believe that that ghosts exist um, in some way, shape, or form. Now, again, you can have a room full of people who believe in ghosts, but every single one of them believes something completely different. And why? Why is that? I mean, is that rooted in their particular condition? right? What is, why, why do we have, believe that? And I'm really curious. I want to have that conversation. I want to share stories. So, um, as we're wrapping up tonight's session, um, I hope there was something in here that might've been interesting to some people. Um, and if not, that's okay. You know what you gave me, you gave me the space to talk. Um, I'm an out loud processor. So a lot of this stuff, I really see this as an opportunity for my own personal growth and development on a hundred different levels. So I'm grateful that anyone would listen. And um, I think the natural progression for me would be to talk about ghosts next week first, because um, spirits, whatever you want to call them and kind of share, brings tell some of my experiences. Um, so I hope you'll chime in. I am going to, if you are listening in and you're on Facebook, you can find me, um, my page Whiskey and Weird, and you can like my page, and uh, I'm going to do a poll there and kind of get a feel for what things, um, what weird things people are interested in, and if there's something that I haven't mentioned that you'd love to chat about or love to hear my thoughts on, mention that, because I, I love to hear what goes through other people's minds. I think it's it's really fascinating. Um, but I think I'm going to start with ghosts. That's kind of a passion of mine. It's something I can't get away from, unfortunately. Um, and I have some pretty cool stories. So I think it can be a lot of fun and a great way to kick off October. I mean, the other thing would be I could wait until the end. So maybe I'll get your, your, you know, that last week of October, but I was thinking I'd kick off October, um, the month of haunted houses and all of that fun stuff. And, um, so yeah, so go on Whiskey and Weird at Facebook. Um, I think I'm going to start an Instagram page too. I haven't done that yet. And I'm looking at new ways to stream this differently so I can reach more people um, because I respect and appreciate that a lot of people don't like to be on Facebook. Um, and so maybe there's some other ways. So that's my techno technology question this week. Anyone who listens in, like... What your recommendations for streaming services and how to how I can do that to reach more people in a relatively simple way because I I don't as you can tell I don't want to make this over complicated I you know um, I dove right in limited equipment because I felt called to do so and here I am talking to you telling you all my weird stuff um, and yeah people are weird people are weird and it's okay. And I'm going to share all my weird with you so that maybe you feel an ounce more comfortable showing up in your skin or without your skin or without your clothes, whatever you want. 
Um, and we're going to drink some whiskey along the way. This is the one thing I forget to do because I'm talking too much. But I'm going to drink some more. Slanja. Bring your whiskey. Make your recommendations on my page. Oh, my t-shirt. My t-shirt today um, is my hashtag Paranormom shirt. So this is kind of like my handle, I guess. I don't know. Um, it's just the funny name I use on all of my um, paranormal groups and things that I'm in. And then my coaster, of course. Um, I got this when I went. I finally went to my very first paranormal um, conference, which was the Port Gamble Ghost Conference. And um, last October. And I picked up this cool coaster. It says everyone should believe in something, right? And there's our cool Bigfoot. So that's my coaster for today. So one of the few things that I collect, the funny thing is the other thing that I collect is Santa, Santa's. And I think I shared something about this on my page, but um, yeah, the whole word belief has always been a thing for me too. Isn't that kind of weird and random? Like I, I have actually a paint, a, it's a painting of Santa that I keep up in my house year round. And my own family thinks it's weird. Um, and so, um, Anyway, maybe it is, but it reminds me of the whole purpose, why we celebrate. Um, and again, <laughs> human condition, I think, something about their, like, believing in things, believing in people, believing in love. Um, whole other show about what is love a human condition. We could probably talk about that. Um, no. Well, how we express love, how we feel love and accept love is a human condition. Love itself is not. Um, so anyway, thanks everybody for listening, for bringing your whiskey, drinking whiskey with me, me, me and, um, uh, listening to my weird. And, uh, if you have any questions, always ask and share and I hope you'll show up next week. I know every episode might not be for you, but, um, it's all a part of me. And, um, and I, 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 I want to show up, like I said, I'm showing up I'm taking chances, making mistakes, getting mis messy as Miss Frizzle from the Magic School Bus would say, showing up with the wonder and authenticity of a preschooler. And I want you to feel loved. I want you to feel welcome in all your weirdness. Um, and probably because that's all I'm hoping for. All right. Take care, everybody. Thanks for chiming in. I really appreciate it. I'll see you next Wednesday at 7 o'clock Pacific Daylight Time.